welcome to the Beauty Grill Podcast for Doctors. A behind the scenes interview on aesthetic marketing to help grow your practice. Introducing your host and CEO of Premier Physician Marketing, Julie Guest. Welcome everyone to the Beauty Grill Podcast, cutting edge aesthetic marketing interviews to grow your practice. On today's show, I am delighted to have as my special guest, Mr. Justin Levy, who's a senior sales manager with Cyton, one of the leading cosmetic laser providers in the world. Justin is based in the New York market, but he has extensive knowledge, obviously, of Cyton and cosmetic laser procedures. Yeah, they're applicable throughout the world. So Justin, welcome to the podcast. We're really thrilled to have you with us. Thank you, Julie. Really appreciate the opportunity to uh, share a little bit about my background and just an industry that I'm extremely passionate about. So I, I really, when I was pulling together the questions for our interview, I, you know, I was trying to think of a, like a really cool topic. And one of the biggest questions that I know our clients grapple with and any physician who has a clinical practice and practices aesthetic medicine is grappling with on an ongoing basis is how to choose the best skin treatment lasers you know for their aesthetic practice it seems like there's new technologies that are coming out all the time and it's always a toss-up for our doctors do they want to be first to market or do they want to just wait back a little bit you know wait and see if it's proven before they kind of jump in and so that's why I thought it'd be great to interview you today. You are one of the most knowledgeable people that I know about cosmetic lasers, and I, you know, I know about Cyton obviously firsthand as a number of our clients use you. So, if you could maybe start off just by giving us an overview of your backstory, how did you end up in the aesthetic industry? Tell us about you, Justin. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is an incredible industry. My background actually is growing up in the healthcare medical industry. Uh, all my family members range from optometrists to ophthalmologists to cardiologists to urologists to standard surgeons. Uh, so really grew up seeing all aspects of medical from growing a practice to medical reimbursements and how that can affect and, and change revenue streams. That actually took me into a totally different atmosphere. I decided, you know what, I'm going to get my background in finance. So went into the financial services industry. Recently, you know, got out of there in the last 10 years or so and got into medical equipment, really following a necessity-based field with so much opportunity and getting into cosmetics where we are now, it's it's an industry that's continuing to expand. I mean, we haven't even scratched the surface. And if we look back 10 years from now, where the changes are, where surgical procedures are, and compared to laser procedures, this is an incredible market. So this is what's gotten me to where I am today. Love the advancement in technology of what's taking place, and it will probably get into some more, um, you know, later in this podcast. But uh, really excited with uh, where we are today. Fantastic. Um, wow, that's that's kind of funny that you you came from a very strong medical family and decided, nope, I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna put that to one side and jump into finance. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, very val- valuable background, that's for sure. Okay, so let's kind of jump then into the meat of the interview and 
taking a 6,000 foot view of a successful aesthetic practice, can we revisit, I guess, just get back to basics? Why would a cosmetic physician even want to invest in skincare lasers for their practice? Because I'm sure that someone listening to this podcast possibly is not involved in any kind of, you know, possibly they really focus on surgical aspects. They're not really focused on any of the minimally invasive aspects of skincare treatment. So if you can take us through that, that would be really helpful. Definitely. Yeah, Julie, you know, there's many different avenues we base this. Um, to give you an example, there's practices like a plastic surgery practice where that surgeon might be uh, conducting surgical procedures two, three, four days a week. And also at the same point is doing their consults. Uh, to give you an example, they might have an individual coming in saying, I'm interested in a facelift. But what happens is, is capture rates are not 100%. We all know that. And occasionally what you will see is that patient might not be ready for the facelift in terms of spending the money or going through the process. And that's why that, that physician might be looking at, all right, I want to keep that patient in my practice. I want to continue to have them because over time, they will eventually get into that surgical procedure. So that's where, you know, laser adds in a, a totally different dimension for them in terms of revenue, but also keeping that patient in the practice. Another thing that we see is practices looking at, all right, you know, I'm not doing as many consults. My revenue streams aren't where they used to be 10, 15 years ago. The business possibly is at a stale point. And they're wondering, all right, how can I go ahead and get new patients involved in our existing patients to do even more procedures? That's where we see a lot of practices getting into doing cosmetic laser, as well as the opportunity, uh, Julie, of delegating these procedures. Every state is different. But some of these physicians that can delegate procedures while they're doing their surgical procedures really adds a totally different dimension of revenue for the practice. Yep. I mean, that's one of the things that I'm most excited about in terms of cosmetic lasers is because from a pure business perspective, it's um, a fantastic recurring revenue stream, we call it continuity revenue, to add into a practice. So it's sort of helping the physician diversify their revenue and spread that out. And then secondly, from a patient perspective, I mean, gosh, the advancement of the lasers, you know, skincare lasers, even just in the last three years is absolutely astounding. So for me, as a, <laughs> as a woman that's approaching, you know, middle ages and that far away, it's like, it's very exciting to see what the results are. It's really quite mind blowing. So if someone is listening to this and you, you haven't yet jumped into the cosmetic, incorporating cosmetic lasers into your practice, hopefully this uh, podcast will give you very serious food for thought because the advantages are just so, so numerous. Okay. Absolutely. So, so that's probably a good segue into explaining some of the different types of skincare lasers to our listeners. I mean, I know Cyton offers... Gosh, you've got the Profractional, you've got the BBL, you've got Forever Young BBL, you've got Skin Tight, and I know your newest one, Halo, has been taking off like crazy. So physicians typically are extremely overwhelmed with the choices. If you can give us like a skincare laser 101 session, Justin, that would be awesome. Right. You know, this is actually something that comes up on a daily basis in meetings. You know, physicians asking, hey, 
I don't have a lot of time to research lasers. I don't. I just go to a conference once or twice a year. I kind of walk through the booth, see what's out there, and you know, listen to friends on what to get. Um, one of the things I always tell every physician I sit down with is. Cyton, we, we work with lasers that do any treatment or any indication from head to toe. But I think the real important thing is, is every practice varies. Let's start out with those core essentials. Let's start out with the milk, the bread, and the butter. What do 99% of your patients that walk in the door looking to achieve? What do they need? Um, in terms of that, I tell every physician I work with, you have to start with a BBL. That's actually broadband light. So you have to start out with pulse light that allows you to do all of your browns, your reds, your wrinkles. Really, if you look at it, Julie, 30 years ago, what all patients wanted was to take care of their sunspots, vascular um, you know, sides of it, and wrinkles. And if you fast forward 30 years to today, it's still the same. It's just how we're getting there, the speed of it, and the patient expectations of they don't want to go through the downtime. That's really where things have transitioned. There's many different pieces of technology, and I always tell the docs, let's start with your core essentials and let's build your practice as we grow. And that's kind of the ability. If all of a sudden you're getting a ton of acne scars, well, let's address that. Let's look at that return on investment, and let's work together. So let's say I was a plastic surgeon. Let's say I did a lot of breast augmentations. I did some tummy tucks, the standard things. Standard body work, I didn't really do facelifts. But, you know, I'm looking to expand my practice. I'm looking to grow my practice. You know, I know that obviously, you know, incorporating a cosmetic spa into my practice is the next logical step. So can you kind of take me through the process of, you know, how that would work? and sort of the key considerations that I'd need to make? Great question. So a lot of times you will see the uh, plastic surgeons who really prefer to do more, let's say, body work or face work. If, if they are doing a lot of breast dogs and tummy tucks, one of the things that comes about a lot, Julie, is, you know, if we have those scars, what can we use to really help alleviate the scar? And that's where, you know, pro-fractional or fractional ablation comes into play over a series of treatments. That's where BBL comes into play to pull out the vascularity components. Uh, but in terms of trying to figure out, all right, how do we add other systems to our overall treatment offerings and what works out the best, that's really what we look at is let's see what your per, uh, current patients are. Let's look at their overall skin type. So we know are we working with darker skin. Are we working, you know, the standard Fitzpatrick 1, 2, and 3 scale? It's, it's a sit-down conversation where we look at different aspects of the practice. What are you looking to actually provide? Some physicians might only be looking to provide, you know, pulse light, non-invasive type of procedures. Others might be looking, I want to do some minimally invasive procedures. I want to do some more deeper, aggressive resurfacing. If they're not doing facelifts, maybe they still have these patients that have these upper perioral lip lines that they're looking to take care of and plane down that might have some excess, you know, wrinkles or under eye skin laxity. There's other dimensions that we can put together a system specifically tailored to the treatments we're looking to offer. So let's say so let's say that this doctor also obviously did Botox and a range of fillers. 
let's say that they, I don't know, let's say they were based in the Midwest and 89% of their patient base was aged, say, 35 to 55 and they were Caucasian. So you've, you've made a comment earlier that you would recommend that sort of like the standard one would be the BBL, broadband light, but what would sort of, like how would that work in practice? So if I'm listening to this, I've never even heard of a BBL. You know, how would that work, Justin, and how would that actually help the patients? And the bottom line is how would it help me make money? Absolutely. You know, it's actually funny. We've seen a correlation of when you are doing your Botox and fillers in conjunction with laser, it actually grows both sides mm-hmm. of the business. So in terms of that younger patient population that is, you know, doing the Botox and fillers on a consistent basis, adding in BBL, which is, you know, a photofacial, we're looking at the skin, we're rejuvenating it, we're turning back the clock, trying to achieve younger looking skin. And by going through a continual regimen on a year in, year out basis, we're able to take that sun damage and reverse it. Another aspect to actually add to really take it to another step is what we call HALO. And HALO is the first hybrid fractional laser in the world. This has been a product that we've been studying for the last six years, recently came out, and it's really, it's a referral base like you've never seen before. Once a patient has a treatment, because it's doing so many indications at one time, if they're telling all their family, all their friends. So from a revenue standpoint, practices are absolutely loving this new procedure. So to tell me more about the halo, because, you know, what is, what is hybrid, do you say hybrid pro-fractional? Like, what does that actually mean? Great question. So if you look traditionally at laser, um, the way that it's gone, and we actually were the first ones to come out with a CO2 laser back in the day. Um, your CO2 laser was a full-field ablative laser. It got great results on wrinkles, really was the gold standard. But there also were some challenges associated. You would have some uh, hypopigmentation scares, some scarring. Um, you really couldn't pr- produce great results or actually even do patients of darker skin types. Fast forward in around 2006, we actually came out with the first fractional ablative. And the reason why is patients wanted great results, but they wanted less downtime, a better overall patient experience. Now, as you fast forward, nine out of 10 patients prefer a non-ablative treatment. It gives them that characteristic of the results that they're looking for, but an even better patient experience. So what we've done is we've taken the non-ablative laser with the fractional ablative together, coincidentally, to help enhance the wound healing response. And I know that's a a lot right there, but really what we're doing is, is we're opening that top layer of skin for all that necrotic debris to come out. Your overall uh, healing structure is enhanced. Most of our patients, if they're the female gender, they're walking out, putting makeup on immediately post-procedure. They don't have to go through the process of putting on aquaphor and, and goop and all this stuff that really is not fun to do. So they're really going back to the normal daily life it's a great overall procedure for pore reduction to scars, to wrinkles, to sun damage. It's a one to two treatment type of thing. So practices are loving that they don't have to do as much hand holding. 
these patients are getting great results with a better overall patient experience. So basically they, the patient just comes in for one or two treatments and they're done? They don't have to come back in a month's time or a year's time? Absolutely. We're seeing one to two treatments max. Wow. And you know what? We always love to keep them on a regimen, get them coming back, you know, do some BBL treatments a couple times a year, come back and, you know, if they want their Botox or fillers or if they want a standard just facial, it's really good to keep them involved in the practice. So we definitely recommend an individual regimen for each individual patient. Okay, so the BBL would be more of a maintenance program. The Halo is like a super turbocharged treatment that they need one or two of to start seeing some really great results. And then maybe the BBL Absolutely. is to maintain it and continue it. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, That's a perfect way to put it. Okay, because I'm, I'm always surprised at how many physicians, particularly plastic surgeons, who do face work and they do facelifts, they... Basically, they're selling the facelifts and they're doing a lot of them, but there's no follow-up treatment, you know, skincare treatment at all, which I'm amazed at because the easiest way to, to position that is, you know, you've just, you've just made this investment in yourself and now you need a, now you need a maintenance program to, to continue having those, that great effect. And so, you know, obviously having a BBL program, having the Halo there is, is fantastic. One other question I had about the halo is, do you only use it on the face? Can you also use it on the neck and the hands, other parts of the body? That's a great question. We actually just concluded a study on our first 200 uh, halo accounts globally. And one of the things that was fascinating is 90% of those accounts are doing off the face as well. So the neck, the decollete, the tops of hands, you name it, which is which is really a great avenue to offer, you know, with your patients. Hey, we're gonna do your face, but we're gonna add in your neck as well. So, great question. So, Justin, this is more of a technical question. I've had some of our clients ask it before. How does Halo is obviously becoming more and more well known? Who would be your top two competitors in terms of cosmetic lasers in that area? How are you guys better and different? You know, that's a great question. And I really think the best way for me to answer this, in terms of a hybrid laser, this is one of a kind. Could you necessarily get um, similar results doing a non-ablative laser and a fractional ablative laser on the same day? Uh, certainly. And I think when you look at the physics behind it, I think what you're going to notice, though, is no matter what competitors out there, it's going to be a different patient experience. Right. Uh, those patients might have to come in, uh, do nerve blocks. They might have to use narcotics. You know, at that point, you have to get somebody to drive you home. There's other areas that you have to take into account. Whereas with Halo, it really is a different market, a different sector, where that patient can come in, be in and out the door in a half an hour, and really get a result that is fantastic. So I, I know I didn't say a direct competitor, but I, I really think that that's probably the easiest, best way for me to answer that question. Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. I mean, I know that you're, you guys are cutting edge with Halo, so I actually would have been surprised if you mentioned anyone because you're sort of in a, you're in your own niche market right now, and that's that's great to see. Okay, so let's say I'm I'm sold on the Halo laser for my practice. So what is now what's the next step? Do you offer payment options? What kind of guarantee do you offer? What's next? Give us the nitty gritty. Great question. So, you know, every practice varies. 
you know, some of them make it easy, just write a check, buy the system. Others really prefer to actually finance the system. I think that there's some great finance options out there, especially with deferred payment to help you get the ball rolling in a gradual ramp up period. There's some financial institutions that allow you to pay off the system early without a penalty. I really think there's some great aspects out there. That's why um, it's really up to the practice. But in terms of, all right, so you get that going, the uh, production slot is made for you. The system is going to be made from scratch specifically for your treatment offerings. It's kind of the beauty of our system. And then from there, we put together a timeline. So once the system is in production, we're going to be going over all of your uh, practice marketing. This is where we you know, really like to bring in resources like yourself, Julie, and your firm to really help give them that higher level marketing. You know, I'm sure that you could probably add a little to some of the things that you're doing with your practices as well. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the one of the first things that we always do for our clients is once they've invested in a new piece of technology is, okay, how what's the message going to be? So how is this piece of technology better and different than everything else that you've got? What are the patient benefits? And obviously you've got a lot of great information on that, particularly in regards to Halo. And then we typically work with our clients to figure out a three-month, six-month, and 12-month launch plan. So, you know, it's typically multi-step campaign. We do email, basically we do a big launch party that's always very successful where you actually invite all of your existing clients, your, your VIP patients, however you want to um, coin that, invite them to a really special event at your practice, demonstrate the technology and give them an incredible package offer it's also a great opportunity to upsell them to other services and treatments in your practice at the same time. You know, get local media in there and just really kind of give it your best crack in terms of local coverage. And then on an ongoing basis, I mean, it's just ensuring that patients are educated as to what the advantages of of using them are, using as many before and after photos as possible if you're able to, um, you know, getting patient testimonials if you're able to use those and then packaging up different options. So like for example with Halo, instead of just offering Halo, look at offering a combination of Halo and filler or Halo and Botox or Halo and some BB, you know, basically some BBL treatments for a 12-month skincare regime. So there are, I mean there's so many different ways to slice and dice it. But you know, kind of like I mentioned at the beginning, Justin, it's I'm just such a big fan of any cosmetic practice incorporating a great aesthetic lasers in there basically into their business because the advantages are just so are so many, both from a business ownership perspective and from their patients' perspective. I couldn't agree more. And really also, I think when you look at your top ten to twenty percent of practices nationwide Using the proper marketing, the proper resources. That's why I love integrating and using some of your services and skills with accounts that really helps them uh, really get to a different level. And also the continual training. You know, it's, I think it's find it very important that the accounts that continually um, express that that ability that they want to learn more. You know, we do incredible clinical training to get you going, but. It's a, it's a learning curve, and you always want to you know, stick with them. That's how I personally work with my accounts to grow their business is that, hey, listen, you know, our business is based on referrals. 
So at the end of the day, if I'm there for you and helping you grow your business, I really think that you're going to take a call, you know, at any point from another peer or physician saying, hey, can you tell me a little bit about Sidon, a little bit about Justin, you know, what does he bring to the table? And um, I think that that's a huge part to the overall learning curve and the process, so to speak. Yep, I agree. And probably one other point that I would add in there is I know that you give great pointers to your clients in terms of here, here's some marketing to get started with. One of the biggest competitive advantages that any physician could have is obviously their own skills and expertise. And I would really caution, I guess I would really caution anyone listening to this to really start pushing the technology instead of talking about the message what, what Halo actually will do for patients and how that, that's incorporated into your practice. So uh, that might be really cryptic, but I, you know, one of the things that I am so against is physicians becoming a commodity. And I don't mean any disrespect to cool sculpting, but I think cool sculpting is a really great example of this happening because it's a technology that's used um, so widely right across you know, North America and the rest of the world. And I only have to open you know, a local newspaper and I can pick out, typically in just one issue, there might be eight different medical practices advertising cool sculpting. And all that they're doing is just promoting cool sculpting. It's nothing about the, they're not taking a, like a holistic overview of their practice and what makes them better and different. They're just trying to rely on the brand of cool sculpting to drive them patients. And I think that's very dangerous from a number of perspectives. One is that it encourages price wars because suddenly you're, you know, if all you're doing is promoting a technology, you now have basically become a commodity. It's no, no different to walking into Walmart and trying to buy a pair of Nike sneakers for the lowest price possible. So when you do invest in Halo or any other kind of aesthetic laser, it's just very important that you have a really comprehensive, customized marketing plan for your practice to integrate it into your existing marketing that really continues to position your practice as being distinctive and really you know, in that top tier of aesthetic practitioners. So I don't know if that makes sense, Justin. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, that, that really does. And one of the things that I'm very straightforward with, with all the accounts that I get the pleasure to meet with is, you know, when you are making a decision on what technology to produce your practice, I think there are important things to look at. Um, first off, I always look at the side of, you know, do I have to put more money into every treatment? Am I losing money having to, you know, spend money on a consumable or disposable? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that over time can really, you know, eat up revenue on, uh, you know, what you're charging your patients and so forth. I also look at what is this company based on? You know, how much technology is the focus? How much is science the focus of what they're producing? And what is their reputation? And that's really my focus. You know, I tell everybody we, we do a few different things, but we do a couple things phenomenal. I mean, really, when it comes to pulse light, when it comes to ablation and fractional ablation and now halo, this is where we're the gold standard. This is where we literally outperform everybody else because this is what we're known for. Right. So, and that's where my passion lies. I mean, there's, there's so many good aspects to the industry and it's just continuing to evolve. Yep, I, I completely agree. So let's say let's say we're moving forward with Halo. I'm going to incorporate into my practice. You, I know that you provide pretty amazing training and support. In fact, I've never heard of another company that comes anywhere close to providing the level of training and support that you guys do 
which is fantastic. But what happens when maybe there is a problem? What happens when the staff you know, aren't using the technology properly or the, you know, the patients aren't getting the results that they expect? What, what next? What happens then? That's a great question. You know, what will happen is, is that's actually when someone like myself or a clinical trainer will come back into your practice, spend time with you. Uh, when I'm working with new accounts, it's typically on every uh, couple weeks or once a month, depending on what works best for them. I've had myself come in, spend a half a day or a full day doing as many patients as possible because you can continue to help the staff learn different ways to tweak their settings to get even a better output but if something you know happens I mean that that always can be the case it's about looking at uh, you know what happened and how can we fix it so that's the first thing I mean we will get some pictures together and some data we'll send it to our entire luminary board which stems the country they usually get back to us within a couple hours and let us know hey this is how I would go about it this is what I do to rectify the situation I think that having these resources definitely helps out and, and you can see that across the board even when we do our educational events on a quarterly basis all of our luminaries that speak for us have paid you know for their system and that really shows the loyalty the credibility of these individuals that hey listen they're speaking because they enjoy the product and want to do it so but we we always are there to help out the accounts and make sure we're able to rectify the situation right no no that's i mean that's great to hear I guess also from a marketing perspective, when things don't go right, when a patient comes to you with a complaint, the easiest thing for a business owner to do when that happens or for a physician to do when that happens is kind of point the finger back at the technology company. But in actual fact, when a patient makes that kind of a complaint, what they're looking for is empathy from you, from the physician, and some kind of commitment to get it resolved or to do something. Like the worst thing that you could possibly do is either ignore it or sweep it under the rug and hope it goes away, or basically throw your hands up and say, well, we did everything we could, you kind of got nothing to do with us. So if you do run into any kind of issue with a patient not getting the results that they want, first thing that I'd recommend is reaching out to them directly and asking for their feedback, and then just saying, look, we'll you know, we take this very seriously, This obviously this isn't what we would expect either and um, I will get back to you personally about it and just that one little act of reaching out to them of you know really kind of speaking to them directly and showing that you care will do more to build your practice than you could possibly imagine because now that you've just built trust with your patient and they will start referring you to their friends and family irrespective of kind of the outcome it's just the worst thing is to go and have some kind of cosmetic treatment you know, not get the results you want and then for the physician basically to throw their hands up and say oh well sorry we did our best so nothing goes smoothly all the time so when it doesn't you know when you hit a speed bump best thing to do is just meet it head on with some compassion and empathy absolutely i think that julie too is just you know being able to, to have resources and being able to utilize them at all times is, is really important yep absolutely Okay, so are there any other considerations a doctor should take into account when choosing to add a laser to their cosmetic practice? From a, uh, from a selfish standpoint, I, I really think it's the person that you're working with. You have to enjoy you know, the manager that you're working with. 
because they can be a huge asset to your business. I mean, my passion personally is seeing how much I can help a practice grow. So if, if I can be there, I'm part of the team. I think that's an important factor. You want to work with people that you like working with. And I really feel that you want to work with a company that is going to provide and continue to provide resources to help you grow from a marketing standpoint, from a clinical standpoint, uh, doing education. I feel that doing educational events is extremely important. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you do it right, uh, man, you, you really can grow your business like you've never thought before. And yeah, I completely agree. I guess with some of the technologies, one of the most valuable things that you can have from a marketing perspective is before and after photos. And I know that with new technologies, sometimes that's just not available immediately, but whether you are able to provide them with before and after photos or whether the physician can start collecting their own, which is obviously the most preferable, but it's something that is an important consideration. And just like you said, Justin, I mean, your sales process doesn't end with the sale. It actually begins, you know, the whole the whole customer relationship kind of begins with the sale. It doesn't end with the sale. So, you know, that's an important component to also consider because I, um, <laughs> I know that's certainly not the case with some of the other technology companies that are out there. Hey, that's exactly, I always tell all my accounts, once they submit the deposit, this is where the fun starts. This is where we really start, you know, from level one, put together all of your consent forms, look at your protocols, your pre and post care instructions. Let's look at your website. Let's look at your before and after pictures, what we can compile, videos and everything. This is where it starts. And that's the fun. That's the process of really getting everything moving in the right direction. Yep, absolutely. And so, Justin, how would someone get more information about Cyton, about Halo, and BBL, and get in, or get in contact with you? Absolutely. Well, it's uh, it, getting in touch with me is actually very easy. I'm a verbal communicator. I love spending time talking to people if it's morning or night. <laughs> I can be reached directly um, on my cell phone at area code 760-828-7499. Or also at Justin, J U S T I N dot Levy, L E V as in Victor, Y at Cyton dot com. And Cyton is spelled S C I T O N. And if you go on our website at www.cyton.com, we have much more information on there. And I'm always able to provide any additional resources or documents for anybody who's interested. Fantastic. And I know that you guys were recently featured on The Doctors. You've been featured on um, The Dr. Oz Show. You've been getting some good media coverage recently. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Justin. This has been a fantastic interview. I've certainly got a lot out of it, and I'm sure everyone listening has too. Thank you again for being our guest on the show, and um, I'll look forward to catching up with you soon. Thanks very much, Julie. Really my pleasure. Appreciate uh, being a part of it. Great. Thanks, Justin. Take care. Thank you.